here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We'll start with the actual breaking news here, which is the Federal Bureau of Investigation in Garland. Something underscores just how so thoroughly corrupt these people are. Wall Street Journal, 4.36 p.m. Eastern Time. The Justice Department considered having FBI agents monitor a search by President Biden's lawyers for classified documents at his homes, but decided against it. Both to avoid complicating later stages of the investigation and because Mr. Biden's attorneys had quickly turned over a first batch and were cooperating, according to people familiar with the matter. All right, so this is the next leak. This is the next leak because they know... James Comer and his committee and others and Jim Jordan and his committee and others are focused now like a laser on this. And they want to put the information out. This is a question I've been asking here since day one. And all of you understand the the disparate treatment between Biden and Trump, despite all the the excuses that even the media regurgitate. And that's how I know this is yet another leak. That well, the lawyers were cooperating. That has nothing to do with anything. If these are classified documents, and there might be more, then the FBI should have gone in and searched his homes, as well as any other places where Biden has been. They should have issued a subpoena. The prosecutors, or the, the lawyers at the Department of Justice, to put a marker down immediately. And there's a lot of questions associated with this story, (laughs) excuse me, which include, did the FBI know if these lawyers who were doing the searches had the appropriate clearances to look for or actually find classified information? And who made this final determination? I mean, Joe Biden is the president of the United States, folks. They're focused like a, like a bunch of nut jobs on a former president of the United States. 
He's the president of the United States. How do we know he's properly handling classified materials today? Right now. And the problem is he has this habit of rambling on and on and on. How do we know he keeps his mouth shut when he looks at materials? We have no idea. Now, as president, he doesn't have to. But either we have standards now or we don't. They created these standards for Trump. Now they should be applied to Biden. So the Attorney General of the United States and his comrades, the Deputy Attorney General and the other left-wing Obama hack lawyers that they brought in, these activists, They decided that the lawyers were cooperating so they could handle the search that the FBI should be doing. Sounds like Hillary Clinton all over again, does it not? They didn't have a search warrant with Hillary Clinton. They didn't send the FBI in, let alone an FBI SWAT team. Did they? Despite the thousands of emails that she had. Thousands. It's really quite amazing, don't you think? But in this instance, no, no, no. After Mr. Biden's lawyers discovered documents marked as classified, dating from his term as vice president in an office he used at a Washington-based think tank on November 2, the Justice Department opened an inquiry into why and how they got there. So I assume they know why and how they got there, but the rest of us don't know why and how they got there. Joe Biden can tell us. His marble mouth press secretary can tell us. His phony counsel can tell us, but they don't. So they're still covering up. Something is going on. They're still covering up. The two sides agreed that Mr. Biden's personal attorneys would inspect the homes. Notify the Justice Department as soon as they identified any other potentially classified records and arrange for law enforcement authorities to take them. And that's what they did, apparently. Wow. Completely different treatment than the Trump treatment. They didn't give Biden the Trump treatment, did they? No, they didn't. So this is just, it's just incredible what a corrupt corrupt system it is and it's so important that the republicans won the house so critically important that james comer is where he is that jim jordan is where he is and the others are where they are it's just incredible and it's sickening to somebody like me who's spent many years at the department of justice at the highest levels to see this sort of thing But I want to go on. Sheila Jackson Lee has been for a long time a buffoon and a racialist. A buffoon and a racialist, she, as well as a handful of others, are always rated the worst boss to work for on Capitol Hill. Apparently she abuses her staffers, but she's for the people, don't you know? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Biden stuff, but not right now. 
Sheila Jackson Lee introduced a House bill, writes Breitbart Joshua Klein, criminalizing, quote, conspiracy to commit white supremacy, unquote, which includes criticism of non-white people, which influences an individual to commit a hate crime. Now, since white supremacy is defined under critical race theory and such as the existence of your pigmentation, not actual actions that demonstrate your white supremacist, the fact of your birth as a white person demonstrate that you can't help it. It's in your DNA that you are a white supremacist, you are privileged, and you live in a white-dominant society. So imagine what they could do with this. Criminalizing conspiracy to commit white supremacy. Which includes criticism of non-white people, which influences an individual to commit a hate crime. How are you going to pull that all together? I guess we'll have to wait for Media Matters and Mediaite to tell us. Just think about this. If somebody commits a crime or encourages the commission of a crime, you deal with those individual cases and the individual factors involved. That's what you do under our society. Conspiracy to commit white supremacy under critical race theory means anybody who's white is guilty because you're a white supremacist. No, you don't have to be a Klansman or a neo-Nazi or that stuff. No, no. Your existence as a Caucasian is enough. That's how hideous and unconscionable all this is. You're a racist by birth. The legislation, H.R. 61, quote, leading against white supremacy act of 2023, unquote, was introduced last Monday by Sheila Jackson Lee, seeks to, quote, prevent and prosecute white supremacy-inspired hate crime and conspiracy to commit white consp- uh, supremacy-inspired hate crime. The bill, which was referred to the Committee on the Judiciary, states that someone engages in a white supremacy-inspired hate crime, quote, when white supremacy ideology has motivated the planning, development, preparation, or perpetration of actions that constituted a crime or were undertaken in furtherance of activity that, if effectuated, would have constituted a crime. Accordingly, conspiracy to engage in white supremacy-inspired hate crime entails the publishing of material, quote, advancing white supremacy, white supremacist ideology, antagonism based on replacement theory, or a hate speech that vilifies or is otherwise directed against any non-white person or group. Replacement theory. Anybody who opposes what's happening on the border apparently supports replacement theory, right? This is tyranny. This is totalitarianism. And you might say, that's all right, we're in the majority. We're not always going to be in the majority. And things that sound insane five years later have a way of making their way into the culture, being baselined, and into the law. 
It also calls for the Department of Justice to gain authority, quote, authority to conduct operations and, acti- and activities pursuant to what it deems necessary and appropriate to interdict, mitigate, or prevent such action from culminating in violent activity. The bill would grant the department authority to prosecute persons engaged in such actions with records of white supremacy-inspired hate crimes maintained and annual reports uh, provided. So the First Amendment's gone, too. But you can see these phrases have already been used by radical racists who've written many books, who promote critical race theory and racism, have already been used in the broadest and most nebulous ways against an entire population. Against an entire population. And so, here you have a Democrat who would use this who would use this to go after many of you and you can imagine how they would how they would hold hearings how they would demand grand juries on the left how they would use this to destroy you and many of you might say but I'm not white it wouldn't matter if you support America if you support liberty, if you oppose these Marxists, you believe in white supremacy. So there's no winning. You see, this is Marxism. There's no, there's no way out. You know, uh, language. Language. When you have free speech, language cannot be used cannot be used to control the population. That's why free speech is so important. That's why the First Amendment is so important. And yet you see the manipulation of language today. You hear Chilla Jackson Lee, white supremacy, white dominant society. It's not just that. What's a male? What's a female? And so what happens with the Marxist or any totalitarian does is they want to control the language. And by controlling the language, they hope to control the thought process. They give words, meanings, that advance their agenda. They try to control thought by controlling what you're able to say, or how you say it, or when you say it, or where you say it. It's about intimidation. It's about brainwashing and groupthink. Control over communication between and among people, citizens. It distorts reality. It compels compliance and uniformity. It's censorship. And it's being used right now to resegregate our country along different lines, to resegregate our country along different lines, to advance racism as a righteous cause, and in the end to promote totalitarianism like Sheila Jackson Lee here. That's why the Biden administration and his bureaucracy was working with Twitter and others, Facebook, Google, to limit speech, to limit what could be heard. 
because speech, competition of ideas, the thinking process, individualism, is what makes our society so fantastic. And the Democrat Party opposes all that. I'll be right back. Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Now, many of you know this. Your civil liberties are under attack, as well as your... Your physical existence is under attack when they're going after stoves or they're going after automobiles. They're going over what kind of this, that, or the other you can have. Your children are being brainwashed when they're not with you by the state, by the government. This whole climate change thing, you need to think of it this way. If the government can dictate matters with respect to water and air with respect to weather, the climate. There are no limits to its power. The virus was a first run to show how far government blue states could act to destroy your civil liberties, your private property rights, to destroy your your privacy. That was a first run. Now they're going to make a much bigger run at you. I'll explain when we return. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Love him or hate him or really, really hate him. The Great One is on the air at 877-381-3811. Or really, really love him. You never know. All right. Along the lines of which I've been speaking, 
I think we can all agree that the New York Times is a very, very dishonest corporation with blood on its hands. I don't believe there's been anyone who has exposed this and discussed it more than I and have written about it in at least two books. In the New York Times in 1932, really for for a good uh, decade, was celebrating Joseph Stalin and covered up the mass starvation of the Ukrainians where millions, millions were killed. With the New York Times, their bureau chief in Moscow, Walter Durandi, was a Stalinite, got special food, special car, girlfriend who he impregnated. Some people thought he was on his payroll, whatever. Other reporters, particularly in the British tabloids, were furious with him, thought he was a complete disgrace and disaster. Because they actually went to Ukraine and saw what was going on. This thing about sometimes you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet, that was a quote from Walter Durante, defending Stalin. The New York Times kept publishing Durante's articles in the news section, even though its executives had reason to know he was lying. But they did it anyway, and he and they received a Pulitzer Prize for his reporting, and they've never returned it. New York Times. Not much later, the New York Times censored, should say censured, reporting about the Holocaust extermination of the European Jews. You see, the Sulzberger family was Jewish, but they were embarrassed by it. And old man Sulzberger very much wanted to be the Democrat accepted outside the Jewish community. So, even though the paper at that point was already considered really a marquee newspaper... He complied with the dictates from FDR to try and cover up the Holocaust, but he also did it on his own. And any stories they did about it, they pushed to the back pages, and they were very limited. And so the American people didn't really have a feel for what was taking place until 1943 or 4. But other papers reported on it in Europe. Sulzberger worked hard to get his family members out of Germany during the Third Reich and got most of them out. But it was the others he didn't give a damn about. The bureau chief in Berlin was a sympathizer to the Third Reich. Another one. In the late 1950s, Fidel Castro was on the losing end of a so-called civil war. The Batista army had basically destroyed them, he and his communist guerrillas, even though they claimed to be little d Democrats and freedom fighters. Castro and his brother Raul escaped to the, the jungles of Cuba, 
he didn't have more than about 30, 35 men with him at that point. He was finished. Along came another reporter for the New York Times who met with him. It was taken by him. I mean, he viewed Castro as a romantic figure, a revolutionary, a little de-Democrat. So he wrote a massively dishonest piece about Castro and his intentions. He lied about the strength of Castro's so-called militia, claiming there were thousands when there were at most three dozen. Well, that helped Castro raise his army, also caused Batista's army to begin to dwindle. The rest is history. Castro took over Cuba. They started executing people left and right, as they all do. And that was the New York Times' role in promoting communism in Cuba, covering up the Holocaust in Europe, and covering up the genocide of Ukrainians by Stalin, also in Europe. The New York Times today is virulently anti-American, pushing the 1619 Project into a third of our school systems, maybe more, promoting critical race theory, rewriting American history, trying to destroy the Republican Party and Republican presidents, acting as a Praetorian guard to the left and the Democrat Party, wherever possible and whenever they can. Sulzberger, he didn't earn his position as the head of the New York Times, ultimately he inherited it. It's a newspaper that's been owned by the same two families for about 150 years. New York Times Corporation. It's a corporation, mind you. Any corporation with a record like that, that wasn't in publishing, but maybe a steel industry or coal or whatever, would be viewed as an abomination. But the New York Times is the favorite media outlet of the Democrat Party and the radical left. Why is that? Why is that? It's the same reason the Democrat Party, as a name, as an institution, survives where monuments don't, where American history doesn't, where books don't. The Democrat Party has existed for most of the time to undermine the American experiment. And racism has always been the core of the Democrat Party. Anti-black racism, now anti-white racism, anti-Asian racism. So A.G. Sulzberger, the latest of the Sulzberger miscreants to run the New York Times, he's now chairman of the New York Times Corporation. He's at the World Economic Forum today. 
And he's worried about disinformation as a threat to the very existence of society. Can you imagine that? America's Pravda. Cut to go. So I, th- I think if you look at, at um, this question of disinformation, I think it maps basically to every other major challenge that we are grappling with as a society, and particularly the most existential among them. So disinformation and, and the broader set of misinformation, conspiracy, propaganda, clickbait, you know, the, the, the broader um, mix of bad information that's corrupting the information ecosystem. What it attacks is trust. And once you see trust decline, uh, what you then see um, is uh, societies start to fracture. And so you see people fracture along tribal lines and, um, and, uh, and you know, that immediately undermines pluralism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the undermining of pluralism is probably the most dangerous thing that can happen to a democracy. So I really, I think if, if, you know, if you're spending this week thinking about the health of democracies and democratic erosion, I think it's really important to work your way back up to where this starts. Pluralism is where it starts, he says. Pluralism is where it starts. Of course, that's not where it starts. Liberty is where it starts. Liberty. Pluralism is a subset of liberty. And he doesn't use the word liberty because Democrats don't believe in the individual right to liberty. They only believe in their own liberty. But they don't believe in liberty. Or they wouldn't be promoting the centralization of government, this American Marxism from the progressive era. They wouldn't be promoting the banning of this, that, and that, and the compelling of this, that, and that. They never talk about liberty, do they? Ever. Liberty begets a lot of things, including pluralism. The New York Times has played a central role in undermining liberty and trust. And trust. And he's not done. And and the person asking him the question, of course, is Brian Stelter, who was removed from CNN because he is a journalistic fraud and phony. It's amazing the bubble in which these people live, is it not? Cut three, go. And the term fake news and then disinformation, it was popularized six years ago at this point. Where are we today versus then? What do you mean, where are we today versus then? So this was a a, a hot, popular topic. There was an awakening about it. The social networks felt pressure. But now where are we? And the same question for Jeannie. But where where are we today? uh, He doesn't ask about the New York Times covering up the Biden laptop. He doesn't ask about various reporters and newspapers working with social media, in turn working with the FBI, the intelligence agencies, to push an agenda that he's not concerned about that he doesn't talk about go ahead uh, you know and and to to be clear actually terms like fake news and enemy, enemies of the people have been popularized cyclically in society mm. and in in some of the most you know um you know repressive and dangerous moments you know nazi germany stalinist russia right um yeah yeah right 
And the New York Times should know something about that. Because the New York Times was fake news during Stalinist Russia. The New York Times was fake news during much of Hitler's Third Reich and the Holocaust. It was fake news. It was worse than fake news. It was propaganda. It was doing the business of the Third Reich. It was doing the business of Stalin and the communist Castro terrorists. They hear this guy sanctimoniously. Sanctimoniously point his finger elsewhere. Is really grotesque. Absolutely grotesque. Go ahead. Oh, um, so I think anytime we're hearing language like that applied to, you know, a free press, um, you know, or, or more broadly free expression, I think I think we should be um, really worried. I am worried about that. For the reasons I explained earlier in this hour about how tyrants and totalitarians use the language, change the language, change the meaning of words, intimidate you, thought control, demand that you comply with their distortion of reality. When's the last time A.G. Sulzberger denounced that? When's the first time he denounced it? He hasn't. He's part of it. This is what's going on in the World Economic Forum in Davos. as They all take their private jets and then preach climate change. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision, and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. This guy, Seth Moulton of Massachusetts, a Democrat, supposed to be some kind of moderate, but there are no moderate Democrats left. Certainly not in Congress, not on the national scene. Moderate is a phony word now. Everything's moved left. And he's at the World Economic Forum at Davos as well. Cut five, go. Congressman, should we learn in the U.S. something from the structures that the Europeans have adopted? Well, look, I think in general the U.S. has a lot to learn in terms of... um data regulation, internet regulation, I mean, you're, you're, you're way ahead of us in that regard. But we've 
believe very far, strongly in, in free speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe very strongly in, in free speech. And I think there is a healthy concern in the United States um, that the EU might be, be going a little too far. So, so I, mean, I think you look at this from both perspectives. Yes, they're ahead of us, um, and they're doing some smart things that um, I know when I use the Internet in, in Europe uh, and I get all the warnings about cookies and whatnot, that actually makes me feel safer. That makes me feel better. And a lot of American consumers want that level of security mm. on the Internet for your own data privacy and whatnot. Um, but we Why also not? have a healthy concern that, that you know, we're not going to be we're not going to be censored. And, uh, and 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 that's the world that we live in. I'm not I don't think anyone in America. Well, I don't think lawmakers in America want to give up on the fundamental principle of free speech. You see, this is the problem with a guy like this. Here he is in Europe says, you know, well, we can't really be like the Europeans. And he just listened to the guy at the New York Times, the chairman. He just heard what Sheila Jackson Lee has proposed, or should have heard. And he should speak out against those things. You know, they're ahead on, he says, uh, data regulations, internet regulation, but he wants free speech. Well, what does that mean, Internet regulation? You open the door a little bit, then you wind up opening the door a lot. The government is not satisfied with a little. It wants everything. We just had an example of this in the last election with the Democrat Party and Biden. We had an example of this. The Hunter Biden laptop. There's many, many examples. Elon Musk is a hero for what he's done. These uh, reporters who've gone through painstakingly all this information and have revealed it to us and the entire world... They're heroes, too, even though I don't like some of them. They're heroes. But that's not an issue here. That's not the main focus. That's not a discussion. Government manipulation of information, government intimidation. You have in California, as I speak, doctors can lose their licenses if they don't regurgitate the government line on health issues. So doctors are leaving. Isn't anybody concerned about that? I'm concerned about it. It's a big deal. We've got a lot more, folks. I hope you'll stick with us. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm glad you're listening here. Because as soon as this story broke, I guess it was last Tuesday, right, Mr. Producer? No, it was last Monday. I said, listen, stay here. We're very well equipped to lead this battle. We are on Joe Biden and his documents. 
Every single question we've asked here from day one is now being regurgitated by the legal analysts and the reporters and on social media. Every single one. Why? Because this is what I used to do. That's why. That's why. It's no brag. It's just fact. This is what I used to do. We still don't know if these lawyers have had clearances of any kind for the FBI to rely on them to be doing searches. None. I've asked the question over and over again, why they didn't send the FBI in to do searches. And now we have the story from the Wall Street Journal today, this evening actually, that Merrick Garland decided they weren't needed. That is shocking, but it's par for the course. What happened before November 2nd to cause all this searching to take place? It's still a question that hasn't been answered. How did the documents get to where they got? Still a question waiting to be answered. What did the documents cover? I mean, we know some countries, that's not enough. We're still waiting. Still waiting. And so many other questions we've discussed here. And we've also differentiated the Trump situation from the Biden situation. And the point is the Biden situation is much worse, despite all the static you're hearing. It's far worse. The FBI did go into Mar-a-Lago. The FBI did look at the secure area and asked that another lock be put on there, a padlock on the door. They did. There were, in fact, negotiations between the Trump lawyers and the FBI or national security lawyers, which were breached by the government after two months of silence where they got a search warrant because they were searching for January 6th information, none of which existed. And so they fell back on plan B, which was back to the documents. Can a president declassify on the way out the door? I've answered that. I answered that here on Levin TV and on Fox months ago and this whole thing started I even have friends that do not want to mention this but I've played it for you and I played it on Sunday because of questions I asked Chairman James Comer about the National Archives and whether he would investigate the disparate treatment whether he would investigate getting emails and texts and other information And I told him other presidents and vice presidents and secretaries of states and attorneys general have taken documents. I'm certain of it. Now, you're sick of hearing this, but what's interesting is it's almost as if it's brand new when you hear it on cable or read about it on the Internet from legal analysts and so forth. But you're hearing these things before they're even thinking about them because you're listening to the show. Brett Tolman was a U.S. attorney. He's a wonderful guy. I've had him on Life, Liberty, and Levin. I've had him on other platforms, too, and he's written a piece at Fox. And I like him because he's a clear thinker. He's not a regurgitator. And he says the political weaponization of the U.S. Department of Justice finally hit a wall last week. 
as Garland boxed himself into having to appoint a special counsel to examine classified documents in the matter of Biden, as you know. We deserve to know if the Biden classified documents are meaningless or nefarious. Special counsel Herr is Garland's appointee to investigate the possible unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or other records discovered. And already the White House says Biden lawyers acted promptly, yet we know a leak is the only reason the White House disclosed this existence. The discoveries occurred more than two months ago before the November midterm elections, which means Garland knew of the brewing Biden classified document scandal at the time he was informing the nation that he was appointing a special counsel to investigate Trump's possession of classified documents, something we've talked about repeatedly. Americans deserve to see justice done and equally and fairly applied. More than politics, the fact that some of Biden's classified materials were found at the Biden, at the Penn Biden Center, which houses the think tank, is more than suspect with the tens of millions of dollars in donation from the communist Chinese. Public records show that from 2014 through 2019, that's five years, Donations from Communist China totaled more than $54 million, with the largest $23 million. One million in anonymous gifts starting in 2016. And emails from Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop outline his involvement before the think tank's inception with terms like wealth creation and keeping meetings very confidential. Turns out, really, it was a no-show job for Joe Biden, who earned over $900,000 a year. Lunchbox, Scranton Joe. Lunchbox, Scranton Joe. So, what Tolman says, this is worse than people think. He says, Burr has the burden to uncover all the facts surrounding the possession and movement of the classified documents, but he must also explore the impetus of the removal by discerning what information the documents contain. If, for example, these documents are an effort to hide information relevant to the allegations that Hunter Biden was selling access and influence via the big guy to Ukraine or China, then multiple members of the Biden family in such conspiracy, including the big guy, would very well deserve criminal prosecution and time behind bars. Now, I've said this to you a couple of times. What troubles me, among other things, is that the heart of the matter, the meat and the uh, potatoes, is much bigger than these documents. Joe Biden is a crook, in my view. That's my view. When you consider what Bob Alinsky has said, when you consider what's been in the laptop, every time they show that house for the purpose of showing that garage with his Corvette in it, don't you ask yourselves, wow, that's a mansion. How did he pay for that? And he's got a mini mansion in Rehoboth Beach. How did he pay for that? He was only in the private sector for two years. Two years. And not with any real job, you know, like I say, gets almost a million dollars from this phony, well, this think tank. P. 
people are throwing money at him, apparently, for speeches. His S-corporations, the tax information on that still hasn't been revealed. They took down his tax returns off of his website, by the way. That was in the news the other day. Because numbers aren't adding up properly. People still don't know if almost $60,000 a month was paid by Joe Biden to Hunter Biden or Hunter Biden to Joe Biden. That is, who was renting from whom in the Wilmington mansion? There's a lot of questions. But the biggest question is, why wasn't there a special counsel appointed my God, a year and a half or two years ago to investigate the Biden crime family per se. Per se. And we know why. Because Merrick Garland is there to protect Joe Biden. Merrick Garland is a radical, partisan Democrat. Thank God he never got on the Supreme Court. You can't, how many... Contandri Jacksons can you have on the Supreme Court? She's another radical, left-wing, predictable, partisan Democrat. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. You know, uh... I've hinted about this before, and that's all I can do. I'm working on this massive project. And I'm extremely excited about it. When I'm digging up my research and so forth. And hopefully I'll be done. What is it now? January? In about four months, give or take. Taking a lot of my time. But that's the nature of what I do. But I'm very, very motivated and excited about it. It's on my mind now, but I'm not really allowed to speak of it, like in the past. All right, <clears throat> so I've been telling you these shutdowns of businesses, of religious institutions, of targeted uh, businesses like gun shops and so forth, the shutting down of restaurants and gyms and compelling you to stay in your homes and wear masks in your homes under penalty of arrest and on and on and on, particularly in the blue states. That was a dry run. That was a dry run. 
because they're going to do a lot more when it comes to mobility, how much you can drive, when you can drive, what you can drive, where you can drive, epic times, states move toward user-based road tax, hybrid drivers pay twice. With each gallon of gas pumped in the United States since 1932, drivers have been paying taxes. The revenue is used for road repair and public transportation, such as train and bus systems. The Fed, federal government, takes 18.4 cents per gallon for gas or 24.4 cents per gallon for diesel. State gas taxes range from a national high of 61 cents for a gallon of gasoline, on a gallon of gasoline in Pennsylvania, boy, oh boy, the Democrats have just, to a low of 8.95 cents in Alaska. But environmentally motivated improvements to fuel efficiency, the move to electric vehicles translate to less gas sold, so resulting less tax revenue is collected. State and federal governments are looking for a new way to fund transportation, and I might add to control you. Through numerous studies by transportation organizations, they've landed on mileage-based user fees, MBUF, vehicle miles traveled fees, VMT, road user charges, RUCs, or highway use fees, HUFs. The acronyms all mean the same thing. Drivers pay a tax for every mile traveled. Which means they have to monitor how much you drive. Whether you have two vehicles, three vehicles, whether you have a pickup truck. All vehicles are going farther on less gas, and that is great for our wallets, especially with the gas prices going up, but it's not so good when our transportation system is dependent on that fuel tank. On that tax, Trish Hendren, executive director of the Eastern Transportation Coalition, told the Epic Times... So you see, we exist to fund government. Government doesn't exist for us. We fund government, and government tells us what we can do, and how to do it, and where we can do it, and when we can do it. The coalition describes itself as a partnership of 17 states in Washington, D.C., focused on connecting public agencies across modes of travel to increase safety and efficiency, and apparently Texas. Member states in the coalition include Alabama, Connecticut, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. But the move to user-based fees is a nationwide effort being discussed in every state, Oregon, Utah, Virginia, have already implemented pilot programs. At least 31 states have laws requiring a special registration fee for plug-in electric vehicles. Of those, 18 states also assess a fee on plug-in hybrid vehicles, according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Virginia implemented a new highway user fee for electric and high-efficiency gas vehicles in 2020, in addition to its existing vehicle license registration. 2022, the state started offering Virginia's Mileage Choice Program. It's a pilot program. 
Now, what this is intended to do is not just give money to the states, but to keep data on you, and then eventually limit and control your mobility. Perhaps limit the number of vehicles you can have. I've been mentioning this for years. I feel that's what's going on here. The whole gas stove issue was a way for the government to reach into your kitchen. Remember they used to talk about privacy rights in the house and so forth? No, those don't exist anymore. Reach into the kitchen. If they can control whether or not you have a gas stove, they can control anything in your house. Anything. I've got story after story, folks. It's just unbelievable. Every walk of life, every cultural aspect, everything. Every corner of the globe here. You know, what's interesting, uh, when this COVID issue broke out, and I was looking at the statistics of the deaths from COVID, and I'm not going to play it, but Mr. Producer has it. I came out and I said, they're over-counting the deaths. How many times did I say that, Rich? Over and over again? Because, you see, we had the definition that they were using at the time to compile the list of those who died from COVID. So if somebody died from a heart attack but had COVID, they would say they died from COVID. Somebody had diabetes and died from that, they would say they died from COVID if they had COVID of the month before. And on and on and on. When we return, influential public health expert finally admits COVID-19 deaths are widely overcounted. Ask if people are dying from or with COVID. This is in the blaze, actually citing the Washington Post. I want to dig into this because Mediate, Media Matters, and the rest of these sleazeballs out there, we won't wait for your apology, but I just want the people to know how rotten you are. I'll be right back. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Yo, yo, yo. I was saying, before I was rudely interrupted by capitalism, a CNN medical analyst, are these deaths? Were there really as many deaths as were reported from COVID? Now, this CNN medical analyst, Dr. Liana Wen, 
has been, in my view, a radical kook through much of this. Just my opinion. And she's asked the question by Caitlin Collins. Let's take a listen, shall we? Cut 10, go. Doctor, these are two separate things here, overcounting deaths and overcounting hospitalizations. As you know, I covered this closely being in the Trump White House when this happened. I talked to a lot of health officials about this who are actually kind of skeptical of this claim that you're making. And I think one big thing has been what is the evidence that these covid deaths are actually being overcounted? Well, this is the reason why this kind of transparent reporting is going to be so important. There is a way for us to look at death certificates and also to look at the medical records of individuals prior to their death. And I think this needs to be separated into three categories. One is the um, the COVID as a direct contributor, the mm-hmm. primary cause of death. The second is, could it be a secondary contributing cause? So, for example, somebody with kidney disease, COVID then pushes them over the edge to have kidney failure. That's COVID as a contributing cause. And then the third is COVID as an incidental finding. So somebody coming in with a gunshot wound or a heart attack and they happen to test positive. I think that we need to separate out and look at the percentages of each. That percentage would have shifted over time as well. In the beginning, probably a lot more people were dying with the primary cause of COVID. That probably has shifted. She sounds like me, Mr. Producer. Does she not? Seriously. She's a little late, two and a half years later, as Mr. Producer says. When we looked at the definition, folks, and I read it to you, I'm not going to bore you with replaying this unless I'm challenged by these fools with these clownish websites. I said their definition, their definition as a matter of evidence creates an ambiguity. That is... Somebody can die, literally, the primary cause can be a heart attack, but if they have COVID, they count it as a COVID death. I specifically use that as an example because I have heart disease, but there's other, many, many examples with cancer, with diabetes, you know, the various uh, underlying potentially lethal ailments. And they were adding them together. Anybody who died who had COVID, they were saying had died from COVID. And that was the CDC guidance, more than guidance, directive to hospitals all over the country. Now, Caitlin Collins is still dug in. You know, I covered this quickly. And uh, when I covered it quickly, uh, many people are still skeptical about this. Many people, many people I spoke to back then, you know, and they, they are actually not, you know, they didn't say they were being over Canada. What is your evidence for them being over Canada? Open your eyes and your mind, goofball. That's the evidence. That's the evidence. That's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to cut nine. Here's Don Lemon. Don Lemon has his job. You you probably heard Stephen A. Smith last night because Stephen A. Smith turned it down. I love that guy. I hope you'll purchase his book, folks. Cut nine. Here's Dr. Wen. Go. Can you explain why you believe COVID Excuse me, that's Don Lemon. I don't want to confuse the two. Go ahead. Can you explain why you believe COVID deaths are being overcounted? 
I think it's important for us to be intellectually honest in this case, and that includes recognizing that circumstances have changed. At the beginning of the pandemic, we had a situation where there were many people dying from COVID pneumonia, including healthy young people were dying because of severe shortness of breath, difficulty breathing. They were hospitalized because of it. Then as a result of vaccines and as a result of a lot of people getting COVID and having some level of immunity to it, we're seeing far fewer cases of that kind of severe COVID and severe COVID pneumonia specifically. And yet hospitals are still routinely testing everyone who's getting admitted for COVID. And so we're seeing many people who are hospitalized with COVID. And I think it's important to separate out who is being hospitalized because of it. So there she's addressing this hospitalization issue where people are saying, look at all these COVID people who are in hospitals now. And she's saying, uh, hello, You've got to bifurcate the original reason people came into the hospital and COVID. Maybe one has something to do with the other, but maybe it doesn't. Boy, she's had a, uh, as they say, come to Jesus moment, hasn't she, Mr. Producer? It's amazing. Because as the CNN medical analyst, she was all Fauci all the time. Fauci won't even admit this stuff. But it's true. Now, I had the J&J um, vaccine originally. I wasn't lecturing whether you should get it or not. You'll recall. I said, check with your doctor. Make your own decisions. Then I had a booster. This is a long, long time ago. And then I stopped. Because I got COVID. I said, obviously, this isn't doing the trick. Then about two months or so ago, I got COVID again. Was it two months, Rich? Something like that. I got it again. I think we're stuck with this. Different levels and degrees of intensity, but I think we're stuck with this now, and you can thank the communist Chinese. And I think a a goodly number of people did die from it. I just don't think the number that they said died from it. And I think elderly people were far more likely to die from it than younger people. There's no question. That's the data. But I have had a lingering problem. And I'm starting to think it was from the vaccines. And we're working on trying to figure it out. Breathing. Right, Mr. Producer? You hear it. My family hears it. When I do minimal exercise, when I go up the stairs and so forth, it's like I just ran a marathon. I never had that before. So we don't know if it's from COVID damage or vaccine damage. I don't have any idea. We're just trying to figure out what it is that's causing it. So you have people out there who've had these shots five times. This is a vaccine. It's not a flu shot. Who gets a vaccine five times, Mr. Producer? I mean, to me, that's crazy. That's just me. You know. And uh, people can do what they want. But I'm done with it. My wife's done with it. Done with it. 
No more, for me anyway. Because I just, I think we're now in the, in the, in the area of uh, regression with this stuff. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. How many times... Has the federal government been shut down since the Budget Act was passed? I think it was 1974. I went back and counted. It wasn't 20 times. It was 21 times. The next hour, I want to bring this to your attention because 16 of those years, Mitch McConnell was leading the Republicans in the Senate. In the Senate. And he was in a leadership position for a long time. So, I just wanted to point that out. And if you've been following what I've said on the program twice now, and then I put in writing on my social sites, you'll understand that it's very simple. That rather than raising the debt ceiling and incurring more debt, we're at $31.5 trillion, Joe Biden, listen to this, Joe Biden himself has increased the debt on the United States by approximately, or will, $10 trillion. Is it not time to at least tap the brakes, America? To at least tap the brakes? They've got the COVID money still in there on the baseline, all these emergency spending still on the baseline. When they say shut down the government, once more I want to ask you, when they said it's the righteous thing to do, it's your obligation as a citizen to lose your job, to lose your business, not to go to church or synagogue, to stay in your home, to make sure your kids don't go to school, to make sure that they digress or digress when it comes to education and so forth. That was your obligation as a citizen. Now they want you to believe that shutting down, quote-unquote, 17% of the government for a period of time is Armageddon. And they want you to believe, and you're going to hear this from McConnell and his ilk, as well as Biden and his ilk, 
as well as the Democrats and their ilk. That the Republicans in the House are going to force us to default. How? Well, we can't meet our obligations. What obligations? They just passed the budget. If you cut spending, then you're cutting some of the obligations, ladies and gentlemen. Think about your own life situation. You create a budget for your family. You sit at the kitchen table, perhaps, or a budget for yourself. You determine how much you can spend. And let's say the budget was too big. What do you do? You got to cut some of your spending, right? That's all we're asking them to do. Well, McConnell and 18 of his losers and the Democrats, all of them, did an end run around the incoming Republican House. They knew we would reach this point. You see, Many of the Republicans of the Senate can't even say, you know, I'm a liberal when it comes to social issues, but I'm conservative when it comes to fiscal issues. Remember they used to say that? They can't even say that anymore. They're not conservative when it comes to anything. Zero. Zero. There's no need to, quote unquote, shut down the government, just cut spending. Then the reporters say, well, where would you cut? I have an idea. May I raise my hand? Yes. In the domestic areas where we raised spending. That seems sensible to me. Now, we're talking about discretionary spending. All the other spending cannot be cut. Now, that doesn't mean a country can't collapse and go bankrupt, but that can't be cut. Social Security and Medicare, Medicaid, Veterans Benefits and the military are carved out. But you're going to hear them keep talking about that. Because they don't want you to know that a lot of the redistribution of wealth and all the left-wing crap, most of that is discretionary. So Joe Biden's already said he's not cutting anything. Now Joe Biden doesn't even know what they're spending money on, but he said he's not cutting anything. So they have spent more than any than any collection of human beings whom, who have ever walked the face of the earth. But they can't find anything to cut, ladies and gentlemen, no matter how often the General Accounting Office comes forward and says, and they say it almost every year, we have a quarter of a billion dollars in waste, fraud, and abuse. They won't cut it. Why don't they cut that? No. And they have... Approximately $350 billion in your tax revenue coming in every month. You're not going to get a tax holiday. They're not going to say, guess what? We're shutting down the government. You don't have to pay your taxes anymore. No, you pay your taxes, whether it's open or shut or asleep or whatever is going on. Now, if it makes you more comfortable, just think of it as a big national holiday. You know, as I said the other day, we have national holidays for everything. Everything and everyone. Juneteenth, there's a new one. Juneteenth, teenth. what the hell is it? Juneteenth. Yes, we had Martin Luther King's holiday Monday, and everybody, of course, was celebrating that by 
having barbecues and going to the store. It's very worthy. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we have these. I think there's nine or ten or eleven of these national holidays in addition to all the other vacation leave and sick leave and all the rest. So just view this as a national holiday. That would be cool. Bureaucrats will be paid back after it's all said and done. But this is where we're headed. Don't chicken out. Don't get nervous. Stand strong. I mean, sit strong. Do whatever you want. But nothing horrendous is going to happen. I'll be right back. My friends, 2022 is history. But have you thought about what you'll do in 2023? How will you make it better than last year? That's why I have a challenge for you. Resolve to become a better educated American. Look, every new year is a new opportunity, so I have a great way for you to make the most of this one. The good folks at Hillsdale College have made their amazing online courses free for all who wish to learn. My challenge to you, take just one of these fantastic courses. You can discover the beauty of the Bible in the Genesis story, study the writings of C.S. Lewis, or explore the true meaning of America in Constitution 101. There are many more to choose from, and all these self-paced free courses feature Hillsdale faculty and scholars. So visit levinforhillsdale.com and pick one of more than 30 free Hillsdale courses. I hope you'll accept my challenge. Pick whichever course you like and resolve to be a more educated American in 2023. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for and start your free course today. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... Now, um, I hope some of you got to see Levin TV last week. I did a Levin TV last week. I think it was the first one I did last week. Tuesday, I believe. Where I opened the show, I wasn't intending to do it. With some of the things I collect, Mr. Producer. And I showed some Native American jewelry. I collect some, not a ton of that, but I collect... Things kind of related to that. And Royal Dalton figures, Royal Dalton's now broke. It was a British company. It's gone because companies kept buying it, acquiring it, buying it, acquiring it, and then it just... But I have some prototypes, some really cool things. And you ought to check it out because I'm going to do more and more of that, show you some of the things I collect. Um it's levintv.com, L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. You can check that subscription service out. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, digital TV platform. I'm, I'm proud to be, be with it. I just re-signed for another three years. I just re-signed to do my Sunday show on Fox for another four years. Radio contracts coming up. We'll see how that goes. Um, and I'm working very, very diligently on what I think will be my most important book ever. That's the project. I can't even give you the title. 
too many backbenchers out there. Plus, I've been sworn to, sworn to secrecy. No, it's not on UFOs. I was going to write a book called Obama. That's no good. I was going to write a book, Call Me Michelle. No? I was even going to put... No, never mind. Um, but I was thinking of calling the book, Mr. Producer, Genitalia... The, uh, what should I call it? The next mission, you know, so we could work that out, explain what genitalia is. Just thinking, genitalia, what, what is Star Trek? What is the line there? Who the hell knows? Something next mission or something? Yeah, I was going to call it genitalia, the next mission. No, you don't like that one? Apparently, uh, <clears throat> this guy Harry's book is number one. This lame brain, former prince. I don't know why people buy this guy's book. He's such a schmuck. <laughs> he's born into the royal family. And he's trying to destroy the royal family. And the lovely bride that he has. Oh, she was so abused by the royal family. It was horrible. The castles and the, and the life of a princess and the food and the travel. Oh, it was horrendous. Nobody should have to go through that. And the special wedding ceremony, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was historic. It's also hysterical. But nonetheless... You don't want to be abused like Harry, do you? No. Harry and Meghan. I can't stand those two. I cannot stand those two. Anyway, no point in talking about them. There's a person by the... Although I just did. There's a person... Where, where did I put this, Mr. Bitter? This, this last cut. Hold on here. Cut 21. Yeah, there's a guy... I'm getting there. By the name of Jason Johnson. JJ. The Giro contributor. What is Giro? Do you know, Mr. Producer? Giro. G-I-R-O. Giro. I know what a gyro is. I like gyros. Is it a takeoff on a gyro? I don't think so. It's a gyro. All these new words. Ooh. All these 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 initials that are kind of aggregated, MLG, yeah, what goes on and on. You go, what the hell's going on here? It's the Black Americans Breaking News and Opinion website. Then why do they call it Giro? It should, yeah. What is it? G R I O. Not G-I-R-O? What does it mean? G-R-I-O. Uh, frankly, who gives a crap? But anyway, he's a contributor to Gryo. And uh, he's on MSLSD yesterday with Nicole Wallace. More and more, I look at Nicole Wallace. She begins to look in the right light like George Wallace to me, Mr. Bidish. I would never accuse her of being like George Wallace. No, she is Nicole Wallace. Two L's. I'm just saying in the right light, she looks like George Wallace. And here's Jason Johnson with Nicole Wallace. Not to be confused with George. Cut 21, go. 
It's insane to me that only Democrats are fighting for voting rights in America. How do we make that? It's insane to me that only Democrats are voting for, voting for voting rights in America. What does that even mean, for God's sakes? What voting rights? Where are all the lawsuits by individual voters who have been denied the right to vote because of their race or their background or their ethnicity or their genitalia or their changing genitalia or their lack of genitalia? Who is denied the right to vote in this country? Are you kidding me? It's the opposite. You want to vote? Yes. Well, don't show us your ID, whatever you do. Come on in and vote. Oh, okay. Didn't I see you before? Uh, No, you didn't see me before. All right, go ahead and vote. All right, next. Okay. Hey, didn't I see you before? I could swear I saw. No, no, you never saw me before. Okay, uh, go ahead, vote. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now you, you, you're not even from this area. Doesn't matter. Provisional vote. You go in and vote. That's okay. You vote. Anyone who objects, racist, and we will prosecute. So let them vote. That's what they're talking about. So listener, it's insane to me that only Democrats are fighting for voting rights in America. Well, where's the problem? Where exactly? Please tell us. Let's start from the top, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. It's insane to me that only Democrats are fighting for voting rights in America. How do we make that? How do you take the partisanship out of access to the polls? Well, how do you take the... First of all, we're not talking about access to the polls. We're talking about access to drop boxes, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Access to drop boxes. Well, Jason Johnson is very concerned about the the fighting against voting rights in America. We know it is... It is systemic. It's systematic. It's systemic. And what does he have to say, the contributor to Grayo? Let's listen. Go ahead. I think you can take partisanship out of it because really the partisanship is just a proxy for racism. I mean, like, let, let's be clear. When, when you have voter suppression laws in a place like Ohio, you, you have, and we've seen this sociologically, that there's a certain segment of white people in America who would rather have their own lives inconvenienced than run the risk of black people being on an equal plane. Oh, because Fra- he's figured us out. And I don't even know Jason Johnson. You see... You see, ladies and gentlemen, particularly in Ohio, apparently, requiring people to have a voter ID, it's very inconvenient. And white people, white people, would just assume require people to have a voter ID and be inconvenienced by that, than the risk of black people being on an equal plane. Did you know this? Oh, yes, this guy's a contributor to Grio, so he's, he must know what he's talking about. It's systemic. We know that because Nicole Wallace, who looks like George Wallace in the right light, she has insisted that that's the case. Oh, yes. This voting rights issue, it's a big deal. Voter ID, please. See? See? White supremacy. You'd rather, you'd rather be inconvenienced to show me your license than allow black people to vote. 
the hell are you talking about, pal? Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Frankly, all these voter suppression laws, they hurt white people, too. Right. The, the intention is to keep black people from ah, voting. Shut up, you moron. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. Jim Banks is a uh, prominent congressman from the state of Indiana. How are you, sir? Hey, good to be with you, Mark. Been a big day uh, kicking off our campaign for the Senate today, and great to be with you tonight to talk about it. Tell us a little bit about you. You haven't been in the House that long. and Tell us a little bit about your background before you were in the House. Well, I served uh, my country in uniform. I served in Afghanistan. I served in the Indiana State Senate around the same time. I worked for a a family-owned large uh, construction company, Northeast Indiana, grew up in a small town, son of a factory worker. Uh, Got elected to Congress in 2016, the same cycle that Donald Trump did, and came to Washington, been there over the last uh, six-plus years, and uh, it's been a wild ride. I mean, I I don't need to tell you that. The last six years, if it's taught me anything, sir, it's that we are in a war and a battle for the future of this country. And I, I was naive about that before I got elected to Congress uh, a little over six years ago. I thought you could come to Washington, work with the other side, and the media would give you a fair shake, and you could get things done. And I found it to be just the opposite. The, the radical left is uh, hell-bent on changing and destroying this country. And uh, I, I've been a fighter on the front lines in the House, doing my part, but when my Senate seat came open. Mike Braun announced he's running for governor. I just felt felt called to run for the Senate. We need a shakeup in the Senate. We need conservative fighters in the Senate. Indiana's a conservative state. They deserve a conservative fighter in the Senate, and that's why I'm running for it. You know, Jim Banks, if uh, Mitch McConnell views you as a threat to his throne, he will spend a lot of money in the Republican primary to defeat you, and even in the general election, to undermine you. Are you prepared for that? I know this will be a tough battle. I mean, the, the moderates, the establishment in Indiana is already trying to recruit their candidate. They see me as a threat uh, because of my uh, conservative track record in the House. I, I don't back down. I mean, you, you might remember last year, McCarthy uh, picked Jim Jordan. And I serve on the Jan 6 committee. Uh, I was kicked off of it. First time in congressional history that the Speaker of the House kicked a member of the, of the opposite party off of a select committee. And that, that was me and Jim Jordan. It's because I'm a fighter. It's because I don't back down. I don't give up. And I, I know the spineless Republicans in the establishment, they don't want me in the Senate because of that, because they know that I'll go there and be a part of the new generation of conservatives uh, like Josh Hawley and Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, uh, J.D. Vance is going to be another one. A, lot, a good group of young, emerging conservative fighters and leaders in the Senate. That's what I want to be a part of, because I, I just think um, th- this fight for our country is is uh, it's not a fight that's the next election down the road, two, four years down the road. It's right now. And when I, I'm in the House, sir, I look over at the Senate and see what's going on there. I, I'm just appalled that there's never enough of a fight against omnibus spending bills, enough of a fight for, to preserve our American culture against the radical transgender movement in this country. I see the fight going on more than ever in the House, but I, I don't see enough of it in the Senate. That's why I feel called to go over there and shake it up. Mm. 
Now, uh, you mentioned the senators who you respect and admire and who you would want to join with and so forth. But, you know, the Senate says, you know, we're the greatest deliberative body. They're one of the worst deliberative bodies. Uh, You can see when Rick Scott dared to have his own agenda and step out uh, that and challenge McConnell, he was shut down. Um, And I guess you're kind of used to that with the Democrats, right, in the House? Yeah, you're you're used to that when you're in the minority. But, you know, in the Senate, you have more power. The the rules give all of the senators individually more power. Give you an example. Mike Braun, who I'm seeking to replace in the Senate last year, forced all of his colleagues to vote on a balanced budget. And and many of the Republicans, he'll tell you, didn't want to vote on it. They were mad at him for forcing a vote on something that Hoosiers expect uh, their senators to go to Washington and force to happen. Uh, The establishment fought back hard against him in, in that moment. And and that's what I like about the idea of being a, a not just a senator, but a, a conservative fighter in the Senate. It's a long past time to get rid of the Republicans who go along to get along. Uh, this, this this fight and battle and war for our American way of life, for our culture uh, that's being waged right now by the radical left, uh, we, need the, we need the spineless uh, go-along-to-get-along Republicans to get out of the way and let the, the next generation of us who want to fight step up to the plate. And that, that's what the Senate needs right now more than ever and why I, why I just feel so strongly about running for this job. I know it's early. I know the, the 2024 election seems like a long ways away, but um, I'm going to continue to serve in the House and do my part. But running, running for the Senate is just is so important. I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Now, there are uh, pretenders to conservatism and there are moderates who are going to try and take you on. Do you have any idea who some of them may be? Well, we have some ideas. I mean, there are a lot of names uh, uh, floating around in Indiana of who the, the establishment establishment is looking to pick. And, you know, I, 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 I just I, I felt called to run uh, before I knew of anybody else who was running. I'm the first one in the race today. We kicked off the campaign today. I released a video explaining why I believe so strongly this is important. And uh, we kicked off the campaign. I'm the first in the race. I, I don't know who else will get in. I mean, we have our, our current governor who vetoed a bill uh, last year that um, would have stopped boys from playing in girls' sports. And, you know, there are those types of Republicans. And then there's the rest of us who are fighting to, fighting back against that, um, the, the craziness of the radical left. I, I have three young daughters, 13, 11, and 9 years old, and I just fear for the culture that they're, that they're inheriting from uh, the current regime, the current establishment generation that's allowing this to happen in america it shouldn't be that way this isn't a normal america and um you know whether it's democrats or republicans we got we got to fight back against it that's the type of leader i've been in the house and the type of leader i want to be in the senate well i've heard nothing but good things about you didn't you head uh one of the conservative groups in the house as well yes sir i i I led the the republican study committee uh, the largest conservative caucus the largest caucus on capitol hill about two-thirds of the republicans in the House Republican Conference are a part of the RSC. Been around for 50 years, has ebbed and flowed and influenced. You know, when I took it over uh, after the 2020 election, uh, over the last term, we, I, I really felt like the Republicans and the conservative movement was having an identity crisis and trying to figure out who we are and what we stand for and what we believe in. And I, I just went back to the, the lessons that we learned from President Trump, that when we marry the when we go back to the root of, of our, our true conservative principles, the party of Reagan, fiscal conservatism, pro, a pro-family party, a party that believes in a strong national defense and a peace through strength, and marry that with, with some of the more populist, important 
parts of the Trump agenda, securing our border, uh, immigration policies that put American workers first, and and uh, 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 an America that's strong on the world stage that doesn't back down from our adversaries. That's the recipe to win back America and restore America and the platform that I'm running, running for Senate on. So go to banksforsenate.com and help me out today. I'm going to hold you much. over. I'm talking to Representative Jim Banks. Go to banksforsenate.com, banksforsenate.com. If Mitch McConnell's going to get involved early in these races, so are we. So hold on one moment, Congressman. We'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals, and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Welcome back. We're here with Jim Banks. He is a great conservative in the Republican House. He's decided to run for the Senate. As you folks know, I've often said, if we can't get conservatives out of the Midwest and the South, where the hell are we going to get them from? Let's be honest. We're not going to get them out of Maine. You know who's there. Uh, we can't get them out of Utah and South Carolina. Where are we going to get them from? Well, we got to get them from places like Indiana. And uh, Jim Banks, in your short time in the House, I think you've demonstrated that you're very solid um, and one of the great conservative leaders in the House. And I think that's why you had been tapped for the January 6th committee. And that's why that was a little too much for Nancy Pelosi to take. So I don't want to do anything that hurts you. I don't know who else is going to announce. But I would like to endorse you, Jim Banks, for the Republican nomination for the Senate, because I think you'd be a great senator. Well, I, you don't know how much that means to me. Uh, you, such an important conservative voice in America today, to have have your endorsement and your support, it means so much. I mean, uh, I'm sitting right here in the heart of Indiana, the capital city of Indiana, Indianapolis, and you know, I, I just feel so lucky and and the opportunity to serve. I served in uniform, serving in the House. I'm called to this because I believe in the fight for our conservative and American values, and I, I share that a passion with you. Uh, and your, your endorsement just means so much. Thank you very much. Well, you're very welcome. And I know it's going to be a tough campaign, and we'll have you back. And it's banksforsenate.com, banksforsenate.com. And I am committed to this and other endorsements since, uh, since we've been told by the Senate Leadership Fund and others uh, that they're going to get into these races early. And we have a wonderful opportunity this cycle, don't we, Jim Banks, in terms of taking over the Senate? We really do. I, I, I'm optimistic. 
we can grow the House majority if we follow through on our commitments and do what we said we were going to do. And if we do that in the House, then we can win back the Senate majority by rebuilding trust with Republican voters that we betrayed before, that Republican leaders have betrayed before for not following through on those commitments. And, and I really believe, Mark, that that leads to winning back the White House. So we have a tall duty and with this slim House majority to follow through and deliver. And if we deliver, that, that paves the way for a Senate majority in the White House. All right. Well, good luck. Congratulations on deciding to run. Banksforsenate.com. Banksforsenate.com. And God bless you, my friend. Take care of yourself. Thank you. We'll keep you posted. Thank you again. You got it. He's very solid. I looked into his background. I've talked to a number of people. And uh, he'd be a great senator. He really would. And we're going to have to take our positions early here, given what we're up against. No, Illinois, Illinois, Indiana is a solid state. Mike Braun has done a very good job. He's going to run for governor. I think uh, Banks will do an unbelievable job. And yet you have another senator from that state who is a complete wimp, as far as I'm concerned. That's just my opinion. And it happens to be true, too. He just got reelected. He goes home, runs as a conservative, goes to Washington, and he's a McConnellite. All right, Mr. Producer, why don't we take some calls here? Let me, uh, Mark in Tyler, Texas, WBAP, WBAP. How are you, my friend? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm great. Uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to mention last Friday and ran out of time. All right. I think AG knew before that, before, uh, they raided Trump that Biden had these documents, and that's why they raided Trump. Well, that's Secondly, yeah, I think he knew, and this what that's the only way to get Biden off the hook is don't don't prosecute either one of them. Secondly, he taught us back in March to put all the news stories together, so I did that, and I came up with something that nobody's really mentioned. The first report we had of China's contribution to the Penn Biden Center was $54 million. Subsequently, we found out that it was $67 million. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be, that, that's a difference of 20%. I wonder mm-hmm. when they're going to figure out where the other 20% Here's the deal. They need... The House is going to have to try and do this on their own, but they needed a criminal investigation of all the Chinese avenues into the Biden crime family, all the monies that gone into the Biden crime family, the quid quo pros that took place. Um, they have plenty of witnesses. They have plenty of evidence. It's easy enough. Go to the Treasury Department, get all the wires that that took place, go to the banks, all the monies that were moved. Uh, You need to look at the Biden properties. How were they paid for, including the rent? We're not sure it was paid rent which way on the Biden Wilmington family, uh, Wilmington house. Uh, There's so many things, tangible pieces of information that can be tracked down. And they sit on their asses at the FBI. They sit on their asses. The prosecutors at the Department of Justice, they don't want to look. You know why they don't want to look, Mark? Because they know this guy is dirty. 
and they know this guy is bought and paid for. That's why they don't want to look. Thank you for your call, my friend. Let's go to Jerry. Passaic, New Jersey, a wonderful area. I go all the time. The great WABC. Go right ahead. I've spoken to you a lot. You know what I think? I think looking at well, the Well, we Senate have callers today, uh, the a lot callers. There's a few other senators which should be defeated, like Bozeman. I think he's up in Arkansas. And I'm keeping an eye on Ted Budd. Ted Budd came on the program. Uh, he was a big conservative. He was a conservative in the House. I'm not hearing a lot from him. Uh, he was not outspoken in any kind of opposition to McConnell. I'm not saying that he has already... Um, uh, what that he's already lost. I'm just saying I'm not hearing a lot about this guy. So that's something I want to keep a focus on. Go ahead. Well, Bozeman, would, we need someone to go up a Bozeman in Arkansas. And another good candidate, because McConnell is up, would be James Comer over there. The, the, uh, part if he of wants, the, you know, but he's a big-time chairman over in the House. All right, yeah. sir, thank you for your call. McConnell's not up for four years. So I can't spend the entirety of this show... Uh, working out primary situations for guys that are up in six years and four years. Let's continue, shall we? Let's go to Pete, Ocala, Florida, the great WSKY. How are you? I'm fine, Mark. How are you? It's a pleasure to speak with you again, sir. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you for all that you do, and uh, there are many people that you have awakened across this great land, and oh, uh, I want to thank you for that. Uh, the reason I'm, I'm calling is because you were speaking before about having our uh, language co-opted and our words changed. Well, what I think we need to do as conservatives is take back some of our own language. I am not a male assigned at birth. I am a natural male. Every opportunity I get to fill out a form in a doctor's office or for insurance or anything like that, I check the box that says male, and I write natural above it in capital letters or next to it. And I implore everyone in your listening audience good idea. to do this. And when people ask you what your pronouns are, you say my pronouns are the normal ones used in the English language. I was asked that once. You know what I said? Don't ask me such a dumbass question. That's what I said. <laughs> It's very true, sir. But if we say that we use the language that they try to use against us, and we say that, oh, my pronouns are the normal ones, they're going to say, oh, so you mean we're abnormal? Well, you know, you take it as you will. But <laughs> the ones normally used in the English language are the ones that I go by. You're right. All right, Pete, take care of yourself, my friend. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Let's go. Let's go to David Bluffton, Indiana, the great WoWo. That's a mega station. How are you, David? Uh, good, great. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'd like to find out if uh, Karl Marx was in favor of open borders, like what's going on in the southern border, if it is true, is there like a book or something that would prove it? First of all, that is a great question. Secondly, he believed that communism uh, was not limited by borders, 
all of his writings, uh, and the spread of communism. Uh, you can see what happened with the Soviet Union, where they had these, what they called these, uh, uh, these various imprisoned nations and so forth. Uh, so they didn't really respect borders or consider borders anything but something to be over, overtaken. So, yes, it, was a, it is and was a worldwide revolution. You can see it, too, can't you? You can see it happening in the third world. You can see it happening in Europe. And, of course, you can see it happening in the United States. David, thank you for your call, my friend. Let us continue. Rick, Elmwood Park, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Thanks for being a great patriot. Can you possibly help me save America by passing my phone number on to our good friends at Fox so I can explain to them the climate change scam? Uh, No, I can't do that, but explain it to us. Okay, CO2 doesn't control the temperature of the Earth. We know that because average global temperature has been falling since 2016, while atmospheric CO2 has continued to shoot up like a rocket. So that debunks it right there. Temperatures also fell from 1945 to 1979 and 1998 to 2015. So there's two more debunks right there. We also have the late Ordovician epoch. Uh, 450 million years ago, we had 4,000 parts per million atmospheric CO2 rising to 4,300 parts per million over 10 times what we have today, and the Earth fell into one of the greatest ice ages of the last 600 million years. Mm-hmm. You know, you're either the rain man or you're an expert. Which are you? I studied this scam for eight years, so I have some facts for you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Rick. You take care. Let us continue, shall we? Sherry, Carthage, North Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. How are you? I am good. How are you, Mark? Very good. Thank you. I um, I was listening to your discussion earlier about Leanna Wynn. Right. And um, on CNN, the uh, li- the medical analyst. Yes. Yes, that's one way to describe her. Um, mm-hmm. she's missing an entire cohort of patients, and mm-hmm. I think she's doing it purposely. Or no, I know she's doing it purposely. Um, the, tell us, I'm with a, a, a task force, a citizen task force, and we are compiling the names and the family information on, um, the dead and the injured mm-hmm. that happened because of the hospital protocols mm-hmm. and what most people or a lot of people don't realize is when entering the hospital, you are funneled into the COVID ward and the required medication is a product called remdesivir or Veclery because that's actually the trade name. Right. We're running out of time. It's used in the Ebola trials. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. We're running out of time. Go ahead. And it was used in the, okay. It, I'm sorry. It was used in the Ebola trials. It has a 53% mortality rate. But it was All right, you got it out. I apologize, but we're out of time. Sorry, folks. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. She's free to call back again. And our truckers and the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine, we're thinking about you. And all of you wonderful patriots, God bless you and thank you, and I'll see you tomorrow. 